Hey guys, Lance here. Before this episode starts, we thought it would be best to take some time out to warn you, our beautiful listeners, of some possibly difficult themes that feature in the episode. At about the 10 minute mark, and lasting for about 10 minutes, we cover a potentially sensitive topic. We specifically talk about some of the recent legislation centered around sexual assault cases. So if you may be sensitive to that topic, please feel free to skip ahead. The actual timestamps are included in the show notes. Now, we hope you enjoy the show. I'll never forget this day. Hey guys, I'm Lance. And I'm Kayla. We are the Jaded Roses and this is our Broken Mirror. Where we dive deep down and take a really good look at ourselves, each other, and everything around us. Let's just hope we don't get any glass lodged somewhere unseemly. Well, we haven't recorded in almost a month. Uh Uh-huh. For context, we've already been uh, recording for almost two minutes because we forgot how we started. I, I, yeah. (laughs) I really struggled (laughs) to remember, (laughs) and I didn't. That was a sad thing, guys. I didn't remember. Lance had to talk me through it. (laughs) Yeah, we're here. I don't know particularly if I have super big story time. Work's been hell, as usual, Yeah, and I tend to come home and either immediately pass out or mm-hmm. continue in my spiritual education in one way or another. Do you want to share how your journey's going? <laughs> Specifically financially, how that's infect- <laughs> affecting your journey at all? So... Uh-huh. Say it, bitch. I know. <laughs> so I got my tax return... And um, it happens every year. I can never really hold on to it for one reason or another. This year, it was because I picked up tarot and astrology and I'm trying to devour them like I'm a fat kid who just noticed a chocolate cake. Okay, you didn't need to describe me. I mean, I'm also a fat kid at heart and I love chocolate cake. At heart, you size zero skinny bitch. Apparently, I'm gaining weight and people won't let me forget it. And I want to slap I'll everybody. kick their ass. You are so tiny. Like, even if you were gaining weight, you would still be too tiny. Last time I went over to my grandparents' house, my grandfather was like, you look like you're gaining weight. And I wanted to fucking clock him. You should ask, is it all on my ass? <laughs> and like, sh- shake your booty. <laughs> my non-existent ass. Yeah. Well, then it's like making them uncomfortable with the situation. It's like, <laughs> I don't like the question. Do you like this answer? <laughs> Also, that's my recommended response to doctors in, when you go oh. in for your annual and they tell you you've gained weight. That's also my response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, my spiritual journey uh, financially mm-hmm. has claimed mm-hmm. an inordinate amount of my money. Mm-hmm. I currently own three tarot decks and uh-huh. that number has tripled uh from the one that i owned at the beginning of the year and i own mm-hmm. five astrology books mm-hmm. and two tarot books and that's not counting the digital mm-hmm. ones because they are cheaper and i'm not going through them on my phone we'll just round up to 10 <laughs> mm. okay how much stuff uh, is in process of coming to you Right now, are we... Uh-huh. I guess we do have to count my tapestries because they're tarot-based. Uh-huh. So I have five decks that I mm-hmm. bought the other night. Honestly, we should probably put up a screenshot on the Twitter or something of the text I sent you that was literally within about 20 seconds of me buying all of them. Oh, uh, yeah. I have four tapestries coming. I have a dream catcher. Oh my god. That one I didn't know about. It was in the screenshot. Oh my god. That one's going uh, (laughs) above my bed, hopefully to help me uh, with my sleep troubles. (sighs) I also have a starry night sky kind of one that's probably going to go above my uh, my laptop, my computer. And then I have one of the... Rider weight uh, death card and one of the rider weight devil card that'll probably go on either side of my TV. Okay. But yeah, I I spent a lot of money. Oh, and the decks, uh-huh. uh, three of them are tarot, two are oracles. So I'm branching out, and I plan on buying a sixth deck next week when it goes oh. on sale. <laughs> but that'll be 
the last one because then I will be pretty much drained of my tax return. <laughs> oh my god. You've made choices. I have. I have made yeah. choices. You've made choices. Which usually is not a thing I'm good at. True. That's very true. But since you wanted to put me in the spotlight, what you been up to? Oh, nothing. Well, I've told you I have a new story for the sleep paralysis series we're gonna be going through. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I had that happen at the beginning of this week. This week is what's really just kicked my ass. Like, I... There's a lot of rotation going on in my work. So a lot of people are leaving, a good amount of people are coming in. So it's like everyone's getting, trying to get what they need to be at done. Mm. And then people who are coming in, we got to get them trained and get them ready. There's just a lot going on. And then uh, I'm still trying to get uh, like other projects going and I have to have them up and ready within a month's time. And so I'm just a little stressed about that. And then I went to therapy, which was good. Yeah, not much. Um, I got I did get a new deck, so I have two currently in my possession, and then I bought two others that are coming in about a month. But uh, I haven't really played with them or used them to communicate uh, much in the past week and a half or so, just because my um, mood has been off and I didn't want to put that on my cards. Hmm. I thought with my negative headspace, it would like influence how I interpreted. So. Um, I didn't do that. Nothing really much else has happened. It's primarily just been a lot of work going on and just trying to keep up. I have roommate move out, so we had some cleaning we had to do after that. I got some plants for the first time ever, so we're going to see how long it takes me to kill them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, nothing really else has been happening. I've just been basically trying to survive and get myself in a bear mood but this week has just been off it feels like something's always not quite 100 percent done or quite 100 percent satisfying it's just been a little difficult to gather the week this time around but yeah sorry i was i was looking at your uh your water placements my guess would be not long at all <laughs> what <laughs> okay so what is that so my water placements the energy of the mother nurturing making sure everybody's safe oh okay you're gonna kill them plants uh, oh okay cool <laughs> that's what i figured that meant i was like am i are you trying to insinuate <laughs> i really hope i don't i got like the most common plants that are supposed to be like survivable um like i got snake plants and then i got a one was a snake plant. I got one that was a little tough. And then I just got a basic, a real basic, uh, whatchamacallit. The small things. Ah, the whatchamacallits. Oh, shit. I know it. I, I was saying it yesterday, like, nonstop. Because I was like, I can't kill this. This is unkillable. It's one of those things where you don't, you can water it like a dime warp every week and it survives. I really can't remember what it's called, though. And that's saddening. Oh, I have a polka dot plant. That's one of the ones I have. Polka dot plant. I got a snake plant that... Um, I did not get a spider plant. Succulent. I got a succulent. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a succulent. So the succulent is supposed to be the most unkillable thing. But um, spider plant is supposed to also be something you could do. I think my roommate got that one. I got the snake plant, though. I'm excited. I'm excited to see if I can do it. Start small. Yeah, exactly. I was like, literally everything I got was like under $5 for each plant. So I was like, honestly, if I kill all of this, it's fine. I need to at least try it because every woman in her late 20s has plants that I know. So I need to either get on the bandwagon or have a legitimate reason I can't. I thought you were, I thought you were 50. Internally, I'm 50. So internally, everything's dead. But I have to keep the illusion that I'm 29. Yeah, you can't have people knocking on the door and just being like, oh, that's an old woman. Exactly. Like, I don't need that. Like, what if someone came up and said, like, I'm their long-lost mother, and then I'm just really confused because nothing's popped out up there. <laughs> Nothing. I would be very confused and very concerned. <laughs> God, I would hate it. Do you have anything else you would like to discuss before we get into today's mini topics? I don't believe so let us go what is today's episode about 
So today's episode, thank you for asking, is a Women's Day episode. So essentially it's like Women's Month uh, in March for the most part. There's like a specific day where it's like always celebrated. But, you know, we kind of just want to talk about like things that are going on that affect women in ways of just, you know, achieving something in way of breaking glass ceilings or improving life overall for others. Do basic shout outs, basically, I guess in a way. And just acknowledge these different things that are being accomplished. And, you know, even though a lot of the world is dark a lot of the time, especially when I was doing research for this topic, it was a lot of darkness. You know, I want to kind of like point out a lot of the positives um whether it's just stuff changing or it's just over actual positive outcome of something so are you ready to start lance do you feel ready i'm ready i'm ready okay thank you spongy <laughs> so the first thing i want to talk about is a little bit dark however there's pauses related to it in regards to rape kits in this country so I just want to talk about this because these things are stuff that's happened, have happened in the last few months, meaning January and February of 2021. Last month, there was a new bill introduced into California that would enable a victim to be able to track their rape kit from hospital to crime lab. Currently, the law is the police have to send the rape kits to crime labs within 20 days and it requires the lab to test each kid within 120 days of the receipt. So State Senator Connie Leva's Senate Bill 215 is wanting to create a state-run website for law enforcement agencies to upload their own data. So that way, um, if you give a victim their code related to their kit, they could track it anonymously online. Okay. Uh, Actually, a similar law is being proposed House Bill 255 in Atlanta, and that one's being held by State Representative Scott Holcomb in Atlanta. They have seen this work in different situations and they want to do a major overall haul. And this would enable victims to hold more power and it will give them more information immediately. So mm-hmm. like they wouldn't have to call about their case every day if they knew their kid is at the lab right then. It is in the process. I, I like that. I like the... Because I know the... Uh, one of the biggest obstacles in reporting mm-hmm. period is how it's received by the police mm-hmm. so there's already like a, a tension between victim and the police and uh, yeah and a lot of people um in legislative and um other members of the force have said that they do believe that this would also kick the butts of anyone who tries to slow down the process at all definitely it would also highlight where the problems are within the lab and i don't mean like oh the scientists are wrong i mean the way that they need more bodies in there to help process all of these or they mm-hmm. need to create a different system of how the cases get worked on and prioritized or something like that and i think again this would help to just highlight those issues within the system and help the victims again get the closure with knowledge they usually don't have ready access to and it'll also alleviate i can see where simply talking about something related Mm -hmm. to an event like that would be very triggering so it might yeah it should help a lot to be able to just, I don't have to talk to anybody. I'm just going to go to this website, put in my case number and see where shit's at. Yeah, it's definitely one where you can still be a little isolated while you mentally and physically recover. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, you don't have to immediately go tell them, you know, your case number and like talk to someone and acknowledging what happened once again more than you need to. You can simply put in a code and you're given that access, basically. And I think it does restrict like who could access it. So there's probably like some kind of identification you need to also provide on top of that to get access to the records. But yeah, so that was a really cool thing because again, a lot of victims have also been supportive of this bill because they feel you know no matter what it's not like anything will make it better but it it made it easier on them to be able to just put in a code and get the information they needed it should restore a sense of like agency in dealing with it exactly because it's it's not going to tell you um i do not believe it's going to tell you what exactly is in that record since it's part of an ongoing case but it'll tell you where in the process you are so it'll tell you okay it's still at the hospital 
or okay, it's at the crime lab. You're not gonna get like information on you know the DNA or anything like that. You're just gonna be told where it is. So right. um, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Um, so no one goes um asking you know how do you protect the data? That's not what they're saying it's gonna happen yeah because it is an ongoing investigation so they're not going to release anything like that doesn't matter what it is exactly so i just wanted to make sure that, that was very clear so another good thing that's happened i believe in january there's a few projects in government where they're being given money for a five-year project of erasing the backlogs in their state working through not erasing yeah working through um addressing <laughs> sorry i meant i didn't mean it like that like addressing each one individually yes and this is spanning decades so nevada has completed all the backlog of their rape kits as like early as january of this year and they had uh 1100 dna matches in the system that were just sitting there mm-hmm this makes Nevada the eighth state to be able to eliminate that backlog. Virginia was seventh when they completed it in July of 2020. Off the top of your head, do you know the other six? No. Do you think I'd be wrong in wagering that they're blue states? Oh, yeah, they're definitely blue states. Okay. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Virginia is the most red you're probably going to get. Yeah, because when, when, you know uh, when you said Virginia, I was like, that's awfully red. Let me double check. Literally, I'm going to endthebacklog.org. So they're going to tell me the legit statistics. I'm definitely feeling like it's going to be all blue states. I'm just not sure what blue states. Right. And so that's why I'm like, I don't know which ones, though. Because like, I feel like New York is definitely not it. No, they're, they're too much. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to think of. I'm like, I'm trying to just think of who has the most likelihood of doing it. Oh, wow. Okay. Say it next time. Well, I'm guessing this is correct. Oh, no, it's not. I just don't understand. Yeah, Virginia's here. Okay, maybe I had wrong information because now I just found out that Utah is the eighth state to do this. So I guess we're not correct on numbers (laughs) from my many sources right now. Okay. You can actually, okay, so at the endthebadlock.org, you can click on your state and see what the you can see where they're at so you can see where their reform status is and you can see where their testing status is and how many kits they still have left roughly Uh it's kind of cool honestly oh here we go i got it okay so colorado connecticut florida montana nevada do you say florida oregon yes interesting and utah virginia and washington dc have Mm -hmm. all reported they completed the backlog. So those are the states. And yeah, oh no, Florida is zero untested, but it's in progress, it says still. Sorry, I was going by the zero. So not quite done, but not they quite be close. done. Yeah, so I'm guessing with, for that one, again, this is just where I'm guessing uh, there's no more kits left, but they're still in the process of testing the kits. So right. all the kits have been at least tested and they're being chemically done now. That's where my misreading happened (laughs) but it's good to know um because again like that's a huge accomplishment it's just sad that you know it shows that they could have it done in five years if they have the time and resources given to them Mm -hmm. and so there's no reason for a backlog to occur again you need to just keep the same momentum going and treat it all still the same that's where your money cuts come in or something like don't cut the budget there. If anything, that's where you need more money to be going instead of other ridiculous stuff that people put the money into. Out of yes. morbid curiosity. Yeah. I'm going to encourage you not to cheat. Okay. Where do you think uh, Mississippi stands? I got to tell you, I was not surprised. Okay. Do you mean stand on if it's testing? All of it. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure you can get it all right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll probably get rough. I'll probably get uh, roughly. Untested number of kits. I'm guessing about 4,500. Literally don't know. Oh, no. That was my next fear. I was like, I'm going based on the assumption that they did, because I saw some did not report, and some have not put in for it to start in their state. Uh, Do we inventory untested rape kits? (sighs) I'm going to say no. No. Do we test backlogged rape kits? No. No. Yeah. Do we test newly collected rape kits? Oh, motherfucker. 
I'm going to guess no. No. Or unknown. It has not mandated testing. Mm-hmm. Do we grant victims rights to notice and be informed? No. Of course we don't. I knew that one. And do we have the appropriate funding for rape kit reform? No. Of course we don't. Woo! It's disgusting. I hate... Grand old tater just says, don't get raped. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's... They'd rather argue about money being spent on do- do- stupid areas of life where it really doesn't affect other like us as much on the daily. Like this affects a lot of people on the daily. This affects everyone's a lot of people's lives, and at some point or another. Well, yeah, Kayla, but uh, it's only because we're not lawmakers. If we're <sighs> lawmakers, it would not affect us. Therefore, it would not be a problem. I've an idealized liberal mind, as I've been told. So I guess a good segue for this now, um, since we're talking about shit that makes no goddamn sense. No goddamn sense. None. Not a a goddamn bit. Women in media. Doesn't make any sense. Why are they there? I know. How dare they? I'm pretty sure that's not what you meant, but... No. But... (laughs) (laughs) I let you go with it. I do want to talk about women in media. I know, um, we ourselves have talked about it a little bit like with the Britney Spears issues um, mm. in the media and how she's been portrayed. You know, a lot more women are coming out and, you know, because it's not just like, oh, you're body shaming me for, you know, having a few extra pounds in between movies or for some people like they just got sick from an illness and they were mocked for being too skinny or they were praised for being, you know, the right skinny at that point. And so we have, like, a lot more people coming out talking about it. We have, like, Demi Lovato. And she's done it a few times now. Like, she's talked about her addiction. She's talked about, you know, different issues. But, you know, she's still learning how to deal with all of it. And she is an addict. So she's still learning all that. You know, she's portrayed as this very kind of just neglect, not neglectful. It's more so um, careless, I would say. She's portrayed as careless, just not wise when she gets into her situations then we had uh, someone who um, left a girl group uh jesse nelson who left little mix a few months ago due to all the comparisons she would get between her and her band members because she was not always the skinniest but she was like one of the fittest ones of them and she just didn't have the classic like modern pop look so she was mocked and she's been having mm-hmm. to deal with that since she was like 16. So she's been talking about that. And then people have been saying, you know, Justin Timberlake came out and apologized to Bernie Spears and Janet Jackson for the separate issues he caused to them. Most people believe he did it because he did care that he did make an error, but he hasn't learned the true reason why what he did wasn't right. And so people are coming out and saying, you know, we all owe, like, Monica Lewinsky an apology, too. I mean, we pretty much took, like, this 19, 20-year-old who was a young woman and, per- and like, put her up for a mockery for an entire country. Like, mm-hmm. that was wrong. Jojo Siwa was, she came out as gay and someone called a SWAT team to her home <laughs> because she was gay. And the media was right there to just watch it all come crashing down around her in that way. Like, she's fine. She's safe. But, like, that was a dangerous situation to put someone in. But it looks good on the front page or it looks good on TV. So no one's really thinking through the fact, like, you're mocking and you're... You're stalking, basically, someone. I mean, several people have left the country who were celebrities and moved to different areas that make it illegal to take someone's photo without permission. So, like, paparazzis don't exist there. I think it's a good changing point because we've had these come up, like, with the Me Too movement earlier, um, a few years back now. And a lot more people are also talking more about Woody Allen. Finally, you you know about Woody Allen, right? Oh, Woody Allen. I think there's too much. I know enough. Yeah. I just, not everyone does. So that's why I was like, I need to just check and make sure. But like more and more people are speaking out against that because they're like, you know, why? And they're asking, like, they're not demanding anyone to be canceled. And that's where people are like, oh, people are just making everyone get canceled. No, fans are asking people that they look up to, people they respect. Why did you decide to work with someone when you knew this was a thing about them? Like, why did you do that? Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's just accountability. Yeah. That's the lesson. They're not saying, I hate you. They're saying, I need to know why. Because is it just that you don't know? You didn't know or like you were spew some kind of other gossip where he was made to look like not a bad guy? Or what was it? Like, like you said, there's something wrong with that. That's accountability. Yeah, so more and more people are talking about women in media in general, how they're perceived, um, how society may see them, but what's really going on behind closed doors. More people are talking about conservative shifts, which is also a good positive thing. But, you know, women in media has always been a touchy issue. And again, like we, we've seen a lot, like I named a lot of women who have been targeted by the media at some point in their life. And like we've seen direct correspondences to what happened to them. Like when Janet Jackson had her top ripped off by Justin Timberlake as a wardrobe malfunction, she was like banned from things because Mm -hmm. they saw it as she showed her breasts to, you know, a worldwide audience. No, it was an accident and she shouldn't be canceled because the accident occurred. Like she didn't plan that. You know, it was just people tried to make it look like it was an act when it was an accident. It was not planned. It was not staged. She shouldn't have gotten stuff taken away from her because of an accident. So I want to kind of breach into that, though. When do you think you first started noticing these kind of issues with women in media? Like, even if you didn't know that that was wrong or, you know, what it was really going on, when was your first recollection of seeing something about it? I think for me, it had to be, it almost had to be at some point in college because like before then I really didn't like I just didn't pay attention to any news outlets I wasn't reading sites mm-hmm. but then when I got into college and you know everybody's all over social media which is where all this shit spreads like wildfire mm-hmm. you know I would just notice where in general there's like a weird whatever the word is the sort of like expectation that Mm -hmm. like a woman is supposed to settle down Mm -hmm. so if you had you know a, a woman out doing her own thing and just you know going and seizing life by the throat if she does anything that's the least bit unsavory or like abnormal in any sort of way Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there are a few parties that like rise up that are negative towards that. And you either have the ones that are like, you know, some man needs to come get his woman kind Ugh. of attitude, or you have the positive, but positive to a fault, Point. the sort of like okay. ob- objectification of that, the fetishization of the free woman. Oh, yeah. And both of those really weird me out. But <laughs> like, yeah. And then I started paying like super close attention or trying to anyway, mm-hmm. back when Kristen Stewart had her really good friend. And it blew my mind how <laughs> they would be like, a fucking beach together or something and like mm-hmm. feeding each other grapes like really romantic shit and all the Ugh. media was just like they're really good friends and i was like yeah because oh yeah gal needs a man, pal. right like what the fuck like gal pal Love a it. how could you make it any clearer that you're just spying on these people because mm-hmm. clearly you don't want to go up and talk to them but also, that's all you would have to do. And if they mm-hmm. said it's none of your business, then you kind of have an answer. And if they admit the nature of the relationship, you yep. have your answer. Like, you don't have to just, oh, they're super good friends. Look at them. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, it's kind of like when you think about the fact that uh, the media asks the stars of your questions. Like, the Alaska man, you know, what was your training routine like? What, how did you, uh, you know, do this scene, do that, do that? You know, asking actual oh good God, creative yes. questions. And then asking, how did you get yourself to fit into that costume with the woman? Yes. And like, I literally saw the other day, mm-hmm. it was like a compilation on Facebook or something, of like awkward interviews that people just like shut the fuck down. Yes. In the middle of. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like a Quentin Tarantino one, which he's famous for not wanting to answer 
the same question 15 bajillion times but yeah. my favorite one was Anne Hathaway's after the Dark Knight Rises and I forgot what fucking site interviewed her but he Ooh. was just going on and on and talking about like how fit she was and what her mm-hmm. diet was like and like logistics of how she got into the suit and she just stopped and was like are you trying to fit into a cat suit <gasps> I, re- I forgot like, about what, that. what's the point of these questions oh see I would have loved that I loved that one it was one of my favorites for sure but yeah, but if he, if they had like Christian Bale in the same suit, it'd be like, yeah, talk like, how did you build up the muscles? Mm-hmm. Like, would you highlight masculine? Why do you do the gruff voice? Like, yeah, like why why did you take choose those stylings for that character? Like, as mm-hmm. actually asking questions related to the field that they are in right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking about like what is your how do you train? Because a lot of people want oh, yeah. muscle, and especially if it's like someone who's not like Anne Hathaway, who's not necessarily known for her like athleticism exactly in her roles it's fine to be like how like how did you train for that and then move on like exactly (laughs) well like some people have said like oh well i saw a kickboxing it's like whoa okay that seems well yeah definitely tell me about that because yeah because that's that that sounds big that again like you said though it's not something you would look at Anne hathaway and think oh she's doing kickboxing to get this muscle so it's like those are interesting things and again as a person who maybe from who wanted to go from Anne Hathaway's previous uh, body type to, you know, her more muscular one. Maybe they weren't interested in that. Kyle. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> they could literally just be doing it for that reasoning. And it's not a big issue when it's like that. But when you're just asking, so how many calories do you eat? It's like, you don't need to know that. What how I, what how how I feel my body is none of your concern. I get that you want to learn how to make the muscles get big to do these things. But... What I decide to ingest to account for the energy to do it is not your business. I don't need to answer that. I will take some of what I said back. Because I know I started paying attention when Britney Spears had her meltdown. Mm -hmm. I think that's when everyone started to start paying attention. When I was growing up, I was uh, secretly like a huge Britney fan. I had like all of her albums. And then to see just like, because to me, she always seemed like she had it together. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily during that transformation, because like even, I mean, I was, what, 15? Because that was 07-ish? Yeah, it was 07 when she went through it. I was like, even at 15, I was like, yeah, the news is going to really play this up. So I can't like pay too close attention to what's happening because mm-hmm. like they don't know, only she knows. Yeah. Moving forward from that, and here until recently, whenever she's popped up, she is being portrayed as that crazy bitch from 07 mm-hmm. and what she's doing now. Yeah. Or if she's doing something kind of normal, they'll do like a weird split screen image and be like, this is where she was 10 years ago. Ugh, I hate those. It's just like, what? <laughs> you could just as easily not. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. People need to like line up in the fact that Yes, they're stars. Yes, they make money. But, you know, they're people who are trying to still have, like, kids and do stuff that's normal. That's the thing. Like, yeah, they're they're celebrities. They're in the yeah. limelight. But they are still people. Yeah. And I don't get the, like, weird obsession with needing to broadcast everything. That's why I'm, like, not super big on social media. I just, like, the, I I have parts of me I don't need the world to know. Yeah, and what you decide to share is your business. Right. So, like, all these people who are literally just walking to the fucking store, maybe they didn't want that picture of them in their koala shirt and leggings Mm -hmm. walking into Sam's Club. Yeah. all over the internet yeah no exactly and that's just the thing like society just needs to get a grip on their expectations of what a celebrity is overall too like we make such a big deal about being a celebrity it's like why is that the ultimate now in our society but that's a different conversation for a different day i guess <laughs> sounds like another deep dive <laughs> <laughs> So the next thing I want to talk about is something that happened at the start of this year, which was we have now our first official female vice president in office, Kamala Harris. Congratulations, VP Harris. Yes. So Kamala Harris was sworn in in January of this year. So we have our first official female VP, which means she is the now the highest ranking female elected official in the country. Which, again, has just never happened. And then on top of that, she's the first African-American and Asian-American VP 
even if you don't like her, you can't deny she's just made a huge jump for the glass ceiling and broke right. it. It doesn't, like, in that way, like, ignore however you feel about that. Just focus on the fact, like, now there's really no reason why there couldn't be a female in office. And we've proven that. We now can no longer say, like, a woman in, you know, the White House is a negative. Like, we can't say that's never happened. Like, that can't happen. You know, we now prove it can. You just gotta be doing it right. But do you have any other comments about the new VP? Again, congratulations, because very, very large step. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you've paved the way for many more. Yes, exactly. Let's move on. So next couple of topics I have are um, TV related somehow. So first I want to talk... Somehow. So... (laughs) um, So... Queen Latifah, stop laughing at me. Queen Latifah, she's back on TV. She is the main character on The Equalizer. So she actually plays the classic character who is in an Equalizer movie, which is someone who has a CIA background, um, someone, you know, who can do all the physical demands and do trickery and stuff like that to get to what they need to do, their mission, their endgame. Queen Latifah is the first female Equalizer. Because Denzel Washington was one. I was just about to say, wasn't that was like the last Equalizer movie? Yeah, so he was the last like big Equalizer. You know, typically those characters are lone wolves. But Queen Latifah's character is actually written with a daughter. And then she has an aunt who also stays with them. So she's very different in that way. So she's crossed a lot of boundaries just by taking on this role. Now, she is the fifth black woman in history of TV to lead a one hour long broadcast network drama. She's only the fifth. Right. I... I know Viola Davis. Yes. Is one. Yes, yes, she is one. Sorry, I was like, what are you talking about for a second? <laughs> and then I get lost. I, I really thought you were just like, no, go with me, Viola Davis. I was like, okay, and then nothing. I was like, Oh, no, I-, I was asking you not to help me because I, like, I figured you would jump on the fact that I was trying to name the other four. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> Like, yes, Viola Davis. <laughs> she, she's a woman. She's been on TV, yes. <laughs> and she does exist. She does exist. But yeah, so Queen of Tiff is the equalizer now. Um, you can actually get the first episode on Prime for $0 right now. Oh. You would purchase it, but it's no money right now. And you can get it for HD. So you can test it out and see if you like it. But based on some of the reviews, it sounds really good. Some of the others just sound like they don't want it to succeed. I encourage you to give it a try. Again, I've started it. Um, I had I fell asleep halfway through, but that was because it was 4 a.m. <laughs> it was not. No, more me and my circumstance, yeah. not the show. No, it's because of me. But it's very good. Like, I, I think Queen Latif is a great actress. She's one of my favorite people to watch on film. So I'm, of course, going to be a fan. But, you know, give it a listen. Give it a try. See how you like it. And you can always let us know later. Oh, yes. Please do. Another thing that's coming out this year, hopefully, is HBO Max is wanting to do a drama series called Julia. It's going to be inspired and be about Julia Child. Do you know who Julia Child is, Lance? There was another movie about her, wasn't there? Yes. In the past few years? Yeah, about um, 10 years ago or so. Was it that long? I think. <laughs> it's called Julia and Julia. <laughs> yeah, that's check. what I was thinking of. 2009. Oh, even worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Weird. I love that movie. Yes. I'm familiar with the concept of Julia Child, but I don't know too much about like her specifically. Okay. So there's um so there's a book about her life and then there's a book called Julia and Julia, which is what the movie's based off of. And then there's actually a book that has just her and her husband's uh, love letters in them. And you can read their love letters and you can read letters that they wrote to um, their brother, sister, whatever. It's pretty cool. The show, again, is going to be inspired by Julia Child, by her life and show, The French Chef. Um, So far, there's only eight episodes ordered, but of course, that could change. They always say limited series and then add more on. Actually, what's really cool, though, is HBO Max is going to be partnering up with uh, the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and Culinary Arts. So they're going to try and make it as authentic and respectful as possible to Julia Child. I rather like HBO's approach to series. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to partner up with 
people who, you know, make it their job to know about right. that person or about those events. Like, it's just smart business. And again, it just shows, like, you're willing to reach out and be respectful to, like, a person and their legacy. That's another one. So I'm excited for that one because I do love Julia Child and I love reading about her and seeing her. I think she's just interesting as a person. So the next thing I want to talk about is going in a little bit of a different direction, but still on the streaming service. So um, there's going to be on Disney Plus, there's going to be a show called Life and Death, D-E-A-F. So this is going to start... Not what y'all were thinking. No. So that's why I spelled it, because I was like, I know sometimes no one can tell the difference between death and death for me, so just spell it out. It's going to start with Marley Madeline. She's a well-known deaf actress who's had roles in West Rings, which at birth, the L word. And she's, she's actually someone you know, Lance. I know her. From a show. Hold up. Deaf? Deaf. I mean, I'm looking at the note, so I know what show. So. <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry I cheated. I forgot you were looking at them. <laughs> I thought you were just so yes. listening to me. <laughs> the the, so, the deaf angel of death. Yes. She was in an episode called Painless on Law SVU. Very good episode. Really hit on different mm-hmm. things that weren't talked about previous to that episode. She's actually the only deaf actress to win an Academy Award. And it was for Children of a Lesser God. So the series Life and Death is going to have Marley Madeline, who I believe is either going to be someone connected to a family or in the family. Because it's based on Jack Jason's life. And that is Madeline's longtime interpreter. So you probably have seen him maybe on the outskirts of an interview or something, depending on the angle. Mm-hmm. That would have been him behind the interviewer. So that way uh, she could understand what was going on easier. So not sure what role she's playing, but they've already been promoting her being a main focal point in the show. I've always just, lo- I just love when I see a show that involves deaf community and Seems to handle things well overall. Not quite sure how I feel about her starring in movie about his life, but I mean, I guess they're gonna do what they're gonna do, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, th- that's what it says. It's, it says the series will be based on Jack, uh, Jack Jason's life, and that's mm-hmm. um, her longtime interpreter. So it may just be she was best actress for the job. I don't know. I mean, who better to know? Yeah, I was gonna say, and it's probably gonna, once they start doing press um, junkets for it. We'll probably learn more about why she was chosen right. for this. I don't know much about uh, Jack Jason. I just wanted to kind of just talk about the fact that Marley Madeline is going to be uh, one of the forefront actresses on that show. Because anytime right, right, I can right. see her doing something, and again, she's going to be a staple on the show from my understanding, not like a one-time thing. So it's like, I think that's a always a big win, no matter what, to see someone of good representation there. Also, you... uh. Yes. you enjoy seeing representation of the deaf community and my first thought was oh so you really like hush <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> which uh i don't mm-hmm. maybe you like that movie a lot i don't know i haven't watched that movie uh it's quite good especially for a b movie Okay. Like, it looks good from the outside. I just get paranoid. I just know myself, so it's going to have to be one of those nights where... um, You feel secure. I feel very secure. (laughs) And knowing me, I'm going to see her not reacting to stuff i'll become paranoid and be like that's literally me yeah i, I would be like oh god is that is that the tv is that me is that beneath me where is that coming from and like i'll just spiral and like the movie is like a two-hour movie and i'll make it eight hours of torment for myself on a good day yeah it has to be a real good day for me to do that <laughs> So the next couple things I want to talk about are just like stuff in the news or stuff I, you know, heard going on in someone's community and I think it's really cool. So the first thing I want to talk about is something you probably have little experience with Lance on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Spot, which is the nation's first menstrual hub. Ah. It's, um, so you may not have a lot of experience with this one, but <laughs> um, it started by a mother-daughter duo in Philadelphia. They started it prior to the pandemic. When it was prior to the pandemic, they were making like 20 deliveries of uh, sanitary napkins, tampons, anything that would help someone who was experiencing poverty and needed 
aid for you know menstrual cycles or uterine care in general mm-hmm. they tried to provide these services so they were before the pandemic they were making like 28 deliveries now they're averaging like 250 deliveries mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. their organization is based off crowdfunding and community support they have now a bigger space they intend to use to provide education, resources on how to care for yourself and your body and just general hygiene for menstrual cycles to prevent women who are at risk during those times of the month on the streets or in a poor situation. It's a lot of what it seems like basics, but if you've been living on the streets and you're just desperate, you know, you may make bad choices for your overall care of your vaginal being. So it's just like you have to be... It's just good to help and teach people, like, different ways to use the resources provided without harming themselves more in the process. Again, this mother-daughter duo is really a great... Uh, opportunity and for them to just help their own community they intend to have what's going to be called a brianna taylor room and there is gonna this is gonna be a safe space for group sessions of therapy or the education or simply a space to just be vulnerable so kind of like a mental breakdown room if needed or just need to talk to someone in private for help they also help with offering re-entry support so people who are on the street or who have been in jail re-entry into society gain themselves on standing feet again with a job somewhere to stay that's safe basic clothes, food, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mostly they'll be working with young women and teen girls because those are the higher risk. Right. So that's a huge thing. That's the nation's first one. And again, this came about like last month or the month before that, that they were making huge news across the country for this work. So hopefully this is going to inspire others to be in a similar position and help in this way. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, I have a question. Yeah. Should I be worried that I'm almost 30 and I haven't had my cycle? Well, I I think, you know, I, I would. Like it's too late. Well, I mean, you really should have gotten this letter from Mother Nature by now. <laughs> and so... I haven't been invited to the party. Well, okay. So maybe that's part of the problem. There's no invite. So maybe there's a hardware issue. I'm sorry, I can't keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) You started this. (laughs) I know. But no, very very little personal experience. But uh, I have been verbally accosted (laughs) by my single mother I grew up with. Yes. That's that makes sense. She, she made sure to never hide it when it was her time of the month. <laughs> and that's the thing, like people don't like talking about it because you know a lot of men feel uncomfortable talking about it when it's a huge issue and you know it's a again it's not available everywhere. So like in Seattle, what is something new that I had never experienced before, which was free tampons and sanitary napkins available, like pads. You're gonna get spoiled. They're just available in the bathrooms, like in like almost everywhere like it's not guaranteed to be full by the time you get there but it's a thing that's available and in tennessee in mississippi alabama because i've been there even boston i never saw those and maybe they're in boston but i didn't see them same with all the others but never experienced that so the fact that you could you know have those kind of issues occur and you could easily get yourself some aid to help with that is just nice I felt so secure for, like, the women who come in and use the bathrooms and stuff in that way. So that way they have access to something, even if they don't usually have access to it. So it helps them in the long run. But again, hopefully this encourages others to um, do it in their state or in their town. Um, Again, this was supported by crowdfunding and community support. I don't think most places you can get into a city of some kind. There'll be at least a community that's willing to help. So that way you can get the message across. And there's so much help you can do in that way. That's one of the big topics. Um, again, I just thought it was incredible. It's a, It's not like this is a big company. This is just a mom and a daughter who saw the issue. They're trying to help. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is just NASA has decided to name a spacecraft after Katherine Johnson. You probably know of her plants, right? I come into contact with so many generic names. In connection to NASA, I mm-hmm. do think I've 
heard it. Okay, so she was one of the um, women who was focused on for the movie Hidden Figures. She was a mathematician at NASA for 33 years. And in 2015, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Obama. Uh, she's a she's a pretty big deal. Right, yeah. And so her spacecraft is what's going to be called an SS Katherine Johnson. And it's a, just because people like spacecrafts, this is the NG-15 Cygnus. And um, it's going to be used for our upcoming cargo delivery mission to the International Space Station. What NASA usually does is they name their space crafts like after important people to the nasa community mm-hmm. and katherine johnson again was a 33 year mathematician for them her calculations of orbital mechanics were critical to the success of like the first crewed space flights and then um john glenn who became the first american to orbit the earth in 1962 he requested she double check the computer's calculations because he trusted her more than he trusted the computer i would wear that on my person for the rest of my life yeah And that was in 1962. So what's really special about her was the fact that she was a woman in NASA and she was African-American. So she's an African-American woman who's coming in and playing with mostly a male white team to successfully put men into space. That's why she's so like, she's always talked about, I've always heard her Mm -hmm. in connection to NASA primarily. Again, she's just, she's extremely important to their backbone. She's pretty much one of the main reasons they were able to be so successful and to do what they could do. Very good. I like that story. You haven't liked my others? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, that, that, one, that one had a special. <laughs> no, that one had a special one. Yeah. The science and yes. math. Actually, I'm going to come back into a little bit more of a modern science green energy. Ooh. I know. So in Kenya, Mizambi Mati, I do not believe i said the name correctly i practiced it about 10 times before i came on she is a material engineer 29 years old lives in kenya she founded genge makers g-j-e-n-g-e now this is a company that recycles plastic and they take the recycled plastic and they mix it with sand at high temperatures and they make bricks They found that since the plastic is fibrous and they are willing to take it off the hands of companies who would usually have to pay to get it recycled, they'll take that, mix it with sand at high temperatures, and it has a stronger compression strength. So it has, you can bend it easier and it's not going to break. It's very sturdy and lightweight. So they found that the transportation of it, because it is lighter, and the insulation of it was a lot faster and cost implications. So overall, they found this would be easier to transport than concrete would be, basically, and get up and running. So they're able to make 1,000 to 1,500 bricks a day with the plastic and sand mixture. That's a lot of bricks. That's a lot of bricks. And so far, because she's been working on this for three years, so they've been working towards this for three years now. In the past, I believe, year since they've been more active, they have recycled 20 tons of plastic. That was said in an interview as of December 2020. That's that's a lot of plastic. Yes, and this is all in Kenya. They haven't even broadened it across Africa yet. Lord. Her goal, her company's goal is to push to 50 tons by the end of this financial year. And their next goal is, because right now they're making like bin blocks for pavements. Mm. So they're able to now make paved areas for walking. Their goal is to make building blocks next. So that way is a recycled material being used for buildings rather than non-renewable kinds. It's a very big deal. And they're in talks right now to get it not only uh, across Kenya, but then branch out into the rest of Africa. And then hopefully at some point, she wants to be able to have each continent have at least one. So that way they can process the flat. Yeah, again, it's a really overall good idea. And again, most of these things can be reused and repurposed. And that was her whole point is mm-hmm. like, if we can't, you know, plastic takes a long time to recycle and the half-life is not great. So why not just repurpose it into building materials, which is something we need all the time. And it can actually be reused, repurposed and recycled at the end of its life again. No matter what, it's not like you have to trash these. You can recycle them again and break them down. Right. So I'm not a I'm not a real tea expert nor am I a civil engineer. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering what sort of logistical problems would arise from A, trying to make buildings mm-hmm. out of this, but also mm-hmm. I do know that in realty, you mostly pay for the land, not the actual building that's on it. But I wonder if... Mm-hmm possibly renting a building that's made like you know if you have like uh, like an apartment complex mm-hmm. made of these bricks i wonder if it would be cheaper to rent in it because the materials to make it were cheaper i mean potentially yeah i would think so but then again there's also the logistics of how i know we mentioned the compression strength but mm-hmm. how would it resist temperature well so i mean i know you can like pat it and have word the pink shit, if you know, you know. And then I lost my thread. Well, so what they're doing... So that's their goal. Their goal is to make building blocks. Right. Again, like, they've been working on the... Just to do the pavement blocks for a few years and get this process started. Mm. And the next goal is just to start the building blocks and get it up and running. So I think that's part of it. Um, They've been doing more and more um, roads. Not roads. uh, Pathways. And I think this one is... Because I'm looking at something from their Twitter. They're also doing like a parking lot using this material. Okay. So something with a bit more yeah. daily wear and tear than a sidewalk. Exactly. And so, um, and this is um, in Kenya. So what started was uh, she did pavements in lower areas first. So that way they had walkways. So it wouldn't be, it would be a good amount of wear and tear. It would just be by people, not like roads or anything. So each time they've pretty much been playing with it and trying to figure out what's the best way to keep it similar, but make it work for the next building block we want to try and make. But again, like they go, they go over a lot of this actually. They, um, they show pathways that that building like, they'll show you what kind of each of the recycling symbols mean. Like, why is it a four? Why is it a five? They'll show um, networking. They're big on networking on here. But, um, and just trying to educate on how their blocks intend to be used. And this is catching a lot of um, attention right now because they were also the young champions of the Earth for Africa 2020. So they won this prestigious Green Energy Award, basically. Of course they should. Yes. how this sounds. And so that's why um, it's just a big topic and this could help so many ways. Like, again, this touches on, you know, for us, it's the science. And then, like, this is someone who, you know, is just a materials engineer and they're taking control of the recycling issues happening right now. And they saw what was happening in their country. And so they're trying to make ways easier and make it so life is just better. And that's one of her big things every time she does an interview. She always says, like, I just couldn't stand aside any longer. I hate seeing it, and I something need to get done. Disgust as a motivator. Yes, <laughs> you can follow her um, on her Twitter again. Her name's uh, Zombie Mati. So her Twitter handle is at n z a m b i m a t e e underscore k e. We'll probably include it in the show notes. Yeah, just to make it a little easier. Yeah, and um, for. Her business, you can follow them at Genge uh, underscore makers, which is G-J-E-N-G-E. That was a very interesting story. That could be a huge game changer for literally everything that modern society does in terms of creating new things. So I thought that was very cool. And then I just have like a small thing that I think is just cool in general, which is uh, if you've ever seen Fried Green Tomatoes, it's a movie that's based on a book by uh, Fanny Flagg. It follows the story about Iggy primarily and her life surrounding her and Ruth. Fanny Flagg came out with a sequel called The Wonder Boy of Whistle Stop, which Whistle Stop is the title of a cafe in the town. It follows Ruth's son, Buddy, as Bud decides to go on his last like road trip at 84 to Whistle Stop, where he like learns more about um, his mom, Ruth, Iggy, Mama Threadgood, and different aspects of what happened to uh, his life and life before him. I thought that was pretty cool. That came out in yeah. like October. So if you were interested in Fried Green Tomatoes at any point, look into picking up that book um, at your local library or on Amazon. What do you think about all the stuff happening in regards to women that we've talked about? I do appreciate all of the advancements that are 
happening with women. I look forward to the continued change in general attitudes toward women, particularly in the media and from society Mm -hmm. as a whole. I feel like we need more women that no matter what it is that they want in life, that they're not afraid to just be like, this is what I want Mm -hmm. and this is what I'm doing. I think it's getting better in that way. It's still in progress, basically. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, at least there's more movies coming out about, you know, just taking pretty much life and just actually doing something about it rather than sit back and let it happen to you. And like like I said, like, I really wanted to try and focus on anything positive and mm-hmm. fairly light that's happening in the world. Um, after 2020, I feel like we need to start focusing on some of the better parts because no matter what, the bad parts are still there, and it's good to acknowledge them. But sometimes you just need to focus on the brighter parts, just for a moment, to just remember, okay, these are at least good aspects of what's happening in life. Point out the the highlights so that yeah. the darkness doesn't seem quite as dark. <laughs> exactly. Because, like, again, like, just doing the research for this was hard for me, because it just was a lot of darkness for a hot minute, you know? So it's just a lot, and I just, I wanted to focus on some of the brighter parts for sure this time around. I feel like we accomplished that. Yeah. I definitely feel like with what we have going on, <laughs> I think these are probably the brightest spots I could find for the moment. Again, hopefully that continues to change. Hopefully, you know, by the time this comes around next year, is even brighter. Yeah, we'll have more highlights to talk more about. More highlights. All right. I think that's a good place for us to end then. Uh, I believe so. Do hope you enjoyed the uh, episode. As always, you can email us at jadedrosespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at jadedrosespodcast and on Twitter at jadedroses with an underscore at the end. On that Twitter page, you'll also find our personal Twitter handles. So you can also follow us individually. Just as a reminder, if you already knew, and as a call out, I guess, if you didn't know, uh, we do have an official website up now. It is jadedrosespodcast.com. Link will be in the show notes. We are also in the process of importing all of our episodes mm-hmm. onto YouTube as well uh, for those who are auditorily challenged or may prefer to use captions, whatever the case may be. We also had our first live stream last weekend yeah so uh that is up on youtube you can watch it in its entirety or uh, we have also uploaded it as two separate episodes to the podcast we'll be looking for the next one of those we won't spoil what that one's about yet but we are pretty we are thorny and we are very much over this bullshit stay thorny y'all bye